Good morning. Welcome to Sunrise. Thank you. My name's Jeff. I'm filling in for Dan this morning. We're so happy to see you here in the house of the Lord this morning. For those of you online, we're happy you're here with us today as well. Uh, welcome to 2022. It's the first Sunday of the new year. And I'm not the first person and probably won't be the last to point out that the last couple years have been a little rough. There's been some stuff going on. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but... But uh, in our morning prayer circle, uh, Pastor Dan reminded us all that God is faithful and God is still here. So we actually can celebrate a new year and look on a new year and not be afraid of what's to come. And so I just want us to think about that today as we worship God and give him praise and thanks and just, you know, believe in the possibility and all of the... uh, faith that we have and what God provides for us. So with that, if you'll stand and join us in singing this morning.
worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. Joy 
come to you today and we acknowledge that and we thank you for your faithfulness God and your love for us and we thank you for your son and for the cross and for his birth and for a new year and we just pray that you'll continue to be faithful God we know that you will and we just love you for that in your name we pray amen good morning everybody how you doing? Happy New Year. 
As you can see, Dan Dupuy is not here, so it turns out you do not have to have back surgery to have a vacation. Um, for those of you who have been praying, thank you. Um, I get to wear a nice girdle here for a little bit longer. Uh, the surgery went smoothly the second time around. I think you probably heard that there was a fly in the room for the first one, so they got the slight me open twice. Um, thankfully, my surgeon thought it was funny when I brought him a fly swatter for the second surgery. Um, whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for a long time, you're in the room or you're joining us online, we're glad that you are with us. My name is Dan Fisher. Uh, over the last several weeks, if you've jumped in, you've noticed perhaps that I'm a new face. And over the last several weeks, we've had some different folks come up here and teach uh, to walk us through an Advent season that I hope was as meaningful for you as it was for us. Uh, we are glad that you are here to all of the elders to the directors, the staff, volunteers, guest speakers, thank you for everything that you've done over the last several weeks, not just to support our family, but to help make sure that our family here at Sunrise is taken care of well. I want to make you aware of some announcements. Uh, so this Tuesday is Pub Theology. So men, if you want to get together, have some uh, frothy beverages and some great conversations about God and our lives and how those kinds of things intersect with each other, you're more than welcome to come. It doesn't matter where you are in your questioning, your faith about who God is or who you are, you're welcome to be a part of that. That is Tuesday at 6.30. If you want to find out more information about that, a contact name, where that is, I believe it's at Hudsonville Grill, check out our website. There's a QR code there on the seats in front of you. I think there's one that'll pop up here on the screen, maybe. Uh, there's a link for those of you who are watching online. You can click that. That'll take you to the same landing page where you can find out more information about that. And... Women, January 12th, there is a women's Bible study starting up that you're, I believe, still invited to be part of. Carol, I don't see you. There you are. Is that okay for me to say that? Yes, you're still more than welcome to be part of that. January 12th. Again, there's a link there on the website. If you go to the announcements page, you can click that. If you are new, if you have any questions for us, if you have prayer requests, uh, there's also a space there where you can help us get to know you how we can pray for you, things that we, uh, which you'd like to know from us. We'd love to be as accessible to you as it is helpful to you. Uh, so do that this morning. Uh, Dawn Vanderwerf is a woman who's been part of our church for a while. If you've been swimming in the sunrise waters, you know that she's very familiar to us. Uh, several years ago, how many years now? 2017, uh, she started a nonprofit to specifically serve single parents. It's called Single Parent Missions. And she's invested a lot of time. Many of you have invested a lot of time and energy in helping to support these families. And so I'm excited this morning to have Don come up and to share with us this morning, uh, not just a little bit about that, but also to help set us up well for this new year of ministry. So help me welcome Don here this morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody, and happy new year. So, yeah, I actually, um, my husband and I um, and family have been members here at Sunrise since 2017, but our ministry, Single Parent Missions, we actually um, started back in 2013, and I started in Kentucky and moved up to Michigan shortly after that and have been doing that ministry since 2013, but um, a lot of that ministry happened while I was here at Sunrise, and just to give you, for those of you who are new, uh, our ministry, Single Parent Missions, our mission is to raise up single parent families to transform generations. And we do that in really two primary ways. One of them is to um, kind of equip the church and educate the church in general on really the need and, and how many single parent families are in our world now. Like 50% of all babies born this year will be born to single moms in the United States. And so I think we don't necessarily as a church like approach that as... the these are families. These are half the families in our country now. And so that's part of my job. Um, the other part of my job, or the other focus, is we actually work directly with single parents. And we encourage them and equip them for their journey and how to follow, how to follow God as a single parent and what that looks like. Um, there's, a, there's a couple different avenues we do this through. Um, primarily, one of the first ways we started to do this was through daily devotionals to single parents that we wrote online. They're free. And um, the other primary way that we, I, I say, disciple single parents is through support groups. 
and we have done those all along, and that's, that's really been, we've seen a lot of fruit in that. And I think last spring, some of you um, probably met a couple girls on, on stage here that came to Sunrise to talk and shared how they'd been transformed through some of the, the groups that we had offered. Um, the other things we do, we actually do some bigger events, too, to kind of pull in more single parents who are outside the church. And I, have a, I think we have a couple pictures of a few of those events that we've done here in West Michigan. Uh, one of them is the Single Parent Family Community Christmas Party, which we held for like five years, I think, five years in a row here in West Michigan. And that was very popular and very well attended, and a lot of people just, they would look forward to it every year. That was, that was their big event that they came to. That, that was their Christmas party. And so that was really fruitful. We also did a single parent family, um, I'm sorry, a single parenting summit, which was, <clears throat> it was a leader training and it was like a conference for single parents. And we did that, we did three years here in West Michigan. And we also had the privilege of going to the UK and doing a single parenting summit there most recently in 2019. And the last one we did, well, the last big event was Single Parent Church, which some of you might have even volunteered at. We did that here at Sunrise. And it was a Wednesday or a Thursday night once a month. And single parents came and had a meal and had um, community. They had a big group teaching and then small discussion groups, like a support group and that. So we have a couple of slides, I think, just showing um, a couple of pictures of those things. That was one of our support groups here at Sunrise that we did. Um, that was the Single Parent Summit leader training, one of the leader trainings we did. And that was just a picture from one of our Christmas parties, one of the families that they all got gifts and they got a family picture. And uh, that was kind of an example of like, some of the, the fun that we had at the Christmas party. So I just want to kind of share with you a little bit of update of what's been happening with our ministry. Um, like many ministries, like COVID really kind of pulled the rug out from a lot of things we did for the last year or two. Like, Pretty much everything we did was a gathering, a large gathering. And so we did, we had to focus down and do a lot of small support groups instead and just kind of do more one on one discipleship, small group discipleship. Um, we did financial peace classes. But most recently, actually this past spring, God called me to, to move, my husband and I, to move to the state, the state of Wyoming. So when I say Wyoming, you think Wyoming, Michigan. <clears throat> but it's actually, excuse me, the state of Wyoming. Excuse me a second. <clears throat> kind of dry throat this morning. So we, we kind of felt this, this calling, I'd say, for the past year or so. Um, we'd actually purchased a little bit of property out there a few years ago. And just over time, we've just felt God calling us to go. We knew we couldn't go until our kids had graduated. <clears throat> but that happened this past spring. Our youngest two kids graduated high school. And we felt God giving us the green light, like now is the time. So we went. And <clears throat> in that, we didn't have a lot of details when we moved. Um, but just even since we got there, it was, it was a lot of the, the trusting God and going without having a lot of the details out front. Um, almost immediately, God helped us get plugged into a great church and I'm super excited to announce that we are going to be launching our first single parent support group out there um, about a week from now. And that's going to be starting up. And there's, he's also been showing me just a lot of confirmation about the need for the ministry in that place. Uh, my heart has always been kind of wired more like kind of the Apostle Paul. Of like, I want to go where people haven't heard the gospel and when there's, where there's no resources and where there's single parents outside the church because the churches don't know how to work with them. And I feel like um, we've established a lot of great things here in West Michigan over the last four or five years. And there's a lot of churches now that I think are really doing a pretty good job of embracing single parents. They have support groups or they're, they're supporting ministries that support single parents. And, um, and Sunrise is one of those churches. And you guys have partnered with our ministry. And that's been a, a huge blessing um, for us, but I hope also for you too. And and seeing more single-parent families and being able to embrace them and do life with them and, <clears throat> and see the blessing that they can be. So I, I, I do feel called to kind of plant things and get things established, but then I feel like God always calls me to go to a new place and plant and, and establish more and then hand it off and move on. And that's kind of always been my heart. Um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to kind of let you know that update that in me moving, um, 
that's part of the reason why. I feel like um, my role or my, what God wired me for was to kind of be the one to go and to start new things and establish them, get them going, and then hand them off and go to a new place where there isn't anything yet. So that's, that's what we're in the process of right now. And I'm very grateful God has raised up and brought to us a new leader for West Michigan. So things will continue here in West Michigan. Her name is Julie Lefevre, and she actually, her home base is the city of Wyoming, interestingly. <laughs> so we're in Wyoming and Wyoming. <clears throat> but she's going to be spearheading, she's starting a support group in January. Um, she's been talking to churches and schools, and um, she's looking at doing the Christmas party again in 2022. So that's, we're really excited that that's all going to be kind of kicking back in, kind of the post-COVID, you know, um, we're going to be jumping back into all that here in West Michigan, too. <clears throat> and my role will be, I'll continue to work with Julie and kind of oversee what's happening here, but I will also be starting a lot of, of kind of some new things in, in Wyoming. And part of my vision for that is our, our location, I can see as a great location to do another single parenting summit. Um, to actually maybe bring in more leaders and more churches from other states. And because we live kind of in a vacation destination, which is near Yellowstone, um, we're hoping that will draw a lot of people to come there for, you know, for that too, but, but to come and be part of our conference and get the vision for um, single-parent ministry. But <clears throat> there's also just a really a great need there. There's just a void of resources, and it's a kind of in, in remoter areas of the country, there just isn't, counselors and there isn't a church in every corner and there, there just isn't, there isn't divorce care classes and there, there are none of those things. And so the single moms that I've been meeting with one-on-one -on -one for the last six months um, have just been like, oh my gosh, I've been praying for something like this and I'm so excited and when is it going to start? And I mean, their, their response has just been really encouraging to me of going, God, God's confirmation of going, this is needed and, you know, you're here for a reason. So that's been pretty exciting. But, <coughs> excuse me, in that process, <clears throat> in the process of moving and transitioning, sorry, <coughs> my throat is really dry this morning, um, it's also more than you expect, anticipate initially. So I don't know, how many of you have moved <coughs> recently? Anyone else? Even in the last year or two? And you can remember kind of some of the, the process of moving. So in the process of moving and transitioning, especially if you've ever moved out of state or somewhere far away, um, there's just a lot of stuff involved in that. There's leaving things behind and leaving people behind and that, that things you really care about. And it's hard leaving our stuff behind. And we kind of get to places in our move where, I don't know about you, but like the last day or two when the house has to be empty, <laughs> you just start making really different decisions about what you're going to keep and what you're going to take. And so that's kind of where we're at. We're like, at first we're like, oh, let's, let's keep this book. And oh, this one can stay. And, and then at the very end, we're like, okay, pull that stuff into the thing. We're throwing it in the dumpster. <laughs> So that's kind of what happens. But, but it all involves leaving things behind. And God's been actually showing me a lot about what it means to follow him in that. In, that, in the moving, he's showing me kind of the, um, the principle of every time when we're following Jesus, we're having to let something go or leave something behind. And so that's what I want to talk about today, just for all of us. I think just going into a new year, there's, there's things we all should be leaving behind, maybe from this last year or just in our life. So I want to talk about um, just really what it, what it looks like, the cost of following Jesus. And my concern is, I think here in America, a lot of times when we talk about following Jesus, we talk a lot about inviting people to follow Jesus and kind of the, the benefits of that but I think sometimes we neglect to share that there's a cost involved. And that my concern with that is that when people decide to follow Jesus and there is a cost and it starts getting hard and they start to have opposition and they're having, Jesus is asking them to give something up, they kind of feel like they're doing something wrong or they've messed up because 
there was suffering involved. And I think if we look biblically, that's just part of the deal. Like, for any of you in here who are feeling that, that suffering or that sacrifice or that, that weariness or that pain right now, I just want to encourage you, that probably means that you're saying yes to something that God has for you, that you are, you're volunteering or you're serving or you're, you're sacrificing something that God has called you to. And that, that pain is actually a good thing. It's a, it's a thing that, that lets us know that we are somehow saying yes to Jesus. And so I just want to look at a couple of verses that I guess encouraged me in this. Um, so let's look at a few invitations that Jesus made to follow him. In Mark 1.20, we read, Without delay, he, Jesus, called them, James and John, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. A different gospel has a version of the same story. In Luke 5, 9 to 11, we read, So they, Peter, James, and John, pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So you see there's a leaving behind. They left, James and John left their father. They left their boat. They left what was pretty much their career, Peter, James, and John, their fishing career, their livelihood, their source of income, their identity as men tend to be their career, right? And so they left all of that. That's, that's big stuff. Family, career, financial security. Um, and so sometimes I think we just read over that. We don't see that there was a big cost involved in that. Another place in Luke 5, 27 to 28, we read, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Are you seeing a theme? <laughs> Leaving everything. Um, so those are just a few of them. Uh, one of them I want to focus on, though, it's a little longer, is Mark 10, verse 17 to 30. And some of you might be familiar with the story, but this is the story of the rich young ruler. And I think this story is particularly relevant to us as Americans. Um, I, I know probably a lot of people in this room, we don't consider ourselves rich, um, especially with inflation happening. <laughs> but we are among the richest, at least 10% of the world, just in this room, just because we're in America. So, so when Jesus is speaking to the rich, we can just pretty much assume that he is speaking to us. And I want to read you what he says. You can follow along on screen or in your Bible. Starting in verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. And honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come. Oh, in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So that sounds like a promise to me. That sounds like Jesus is saying, I know I'm asking you to give up a lot, but I have even more to give you than you're giving up. 
um, looking at that passage, there's a couple things. There's like three things that really stood out to me. You know, where he said, it's hard for the rich for us to be saved or enter the kingdom of God because our wealth and our stuff gets such a hold on us that we can't let it go. We can't let it go to say yes to what Jesus has to us has for us. Um, and the more we have, the harder it is to let go. I know when I was a single mom and had a calling, I had to let go of some things and give some things up. And it was hard, but I didn't have a lot at that time. And so it was kind of like, okay, I can give that up because I really don't have anything. Um, but the more I have now, it's even harder to give things up. I have a beautiful home and I have all these things. I'm like, well, that's kind of, I kind of want to keep that. And so we, we kind of hold on to things tighter, I think, the more we have. <clears throat> the second thing is, is when, like the rich young ruler, like we're unwilling to let something go, like when Jesus makes an offer to us or gives us an opportunity and we, we don't want to let it go, we too are going to walk away sad. Um, we're going to miss out on a relationship with him, but I think more importantly, we're going to miss out on just the greater the blessings and the, the intimacy and the promises that he has for us. We're just kind of saying, no thanks, I'll keep my, my stuff or my security here or whatever I think I, I have here that's worth more than that. And really in the grand scheme of things, isn't that a little ridiculous? <laughs> that, that the God of the universe is going, I'm going to give you all this, all these promises and all this. And I'm like, no, I really, I want to keep my house and my car because <laughs> I like those. And so I, I, I think, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to minimize it because it is hard, but when we really stop and think about it, it's, it is a little bit ridiculous. Um, the last thing is, he, he is saying, there is a cost to follow me, but the reward, like I said, is greater. Um, yes, we might have to leave everything, and we might face persecutions. Although, as Americans, I think what we face more are, you know, loss of comforts versus persecutions. We might face some opposition. We might face some, you know, discomfort, um, inconveniences. But I think very few of us really experience true persecution, like many people in the world do. Um, but there is a cost. And I think leaving everything to follow Jesus is a consistent message of Jesus. Listen to a couple more things Jesus said about this. In Luke 14, 33, he says, so then, none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost and then for my sake give up all his own possessions. In Mark 8, 34, 35, he says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and the gospel will find it. So let's stop for a second and just talk about what does it mean to take up our cross or pick up our cross? Because in our culture, we don't necessarily relate to that so much. Um, but back in that day, the cross was a very vivid and very much understood, well understood picture of the ultimate suffering and the ultimate punishment and the ultimate um, just humiliation and persecution, essentially. Um, you know what Jesus endured on the cross. And that's, that's how the Romans like, punished criminals, and they made them carry their cross to the place of execution, just to add humiliation onto what was already a horrible punishment. And so what's interesting to me is why Jesus would use this example. Like, is he trying to go, is he trying to keep all of us from saying, no thanks? You know, I don't want to do that. Um, or is he just loving us enough to tell us the truth and not sugarcoat the fact that there is going to be a cost to following me? So, you know, he's not lying to us and saying, oh, it'll be fine, you'll be great, there won't be any problems, just follow me and your life will be perfect. Um, he doesn't do that. And that's part of the reason I think I just, I love him and I trust him so much is because he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't mislead us in that. So when we look at these statements that Jesus himself made, um, and there's a few more, like in Matthew 16, 24, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And even in Matthew 10, 38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That's a big one. But when we look at all these statements, we just 
I don't think there's any way we can conclude that it's possible to follow Jesus without a cost. I just don't think that's, that's real. That's biblical. Um, when I gave my life to Christ in 2008, I was already an adult, like in my mid-30s. And um, I'm thankful that in that process and in coming to Christ, the people who helped lead me to Christ did show me that there would be a cost involved. And at least at some level, I had an awareness that um, God wasn't just saving me from something, and it wasn't just going to be an easy road, but that he had saved me for something, that he had a plan for me, and that that plan was probably going to involve me having to give up my plans and me letting go of some things. And so I'm thankful, I'm super thankful that I was prepared for that, at least somewhat. I don't think any of us are ever fully prepared for what God asks us to give up. But at least some level, I understood that that, that might happen, and I might need to do that and, and let go of some things. And I remember um, shortly after that, just a year or two after that, um, I became a single mom. And in that process, I was, I was in my church, and I was serving still, and I, I just really kind of stuck close to my church. And they led me through that season in some great ways. But I remember going into a leadership retreat just a year or two after becoming a single mom, and I'd already started to feel kind of a calling on my life of kind of God leading me out of the, se- the season I'd been in. I'd been um, a sales director for 15 years with a cosmetic company and um, had a company car and had, you know, had kind of pretty well established. I had an income, and, and that was how I was able to support myself, too, as a single mom. But I felt kind of my heart not in it so much anymore. I felt like God was starting to put my heart, break my heart for a new thing and for single parents and for all the, you know, in my own experience, what, what God showed me, but also all the other single parents around me, I saw so many outside the church and just really um, not doing well and, and suffering. And I felt God really break my heart for that. And, you know, I, it got to the point where I was really unsettled and I was like, somebody needs to do something about that. And you know what happens when you do that, right? Like God taps you on the shoulder and he says, how about you? <laughs> so that's kind of where I was. And I was really starting to feel like God's calling me into this, but I had no idea what to do or how to do it or anything. Um, and I went into this leadership retreat kind of in that place. And in that, on, that, on the bus to that retreat, I remember just making this kind of vow to God. Like I wanted to hear from him and I said, I, you know, like, if you're going to tell me what to do, I said, I will not refuse a kingdom assignment because the cost is too high. And <clears throat> just be careful if you ever say something like that to God, <clears throat> because he probably will take you up on it. Um, so I, I stepped into that retreat, and God did not disappoint me. The very first talk right out of the gate was called Burn the Plows. <laughs> so how many of you are familiar with the story of Elijah com- commissioning the prophet Elisha? in the Old Testament, some of you. Um, I just want to read it real quick because it's, that was the talk I heard when I went into that retreat. And as I read this, I want you to pay attention to Elisha, who is the, the younger one that's being commissioned or called, his response as he's being called. So verse 19 says, So Elijah, Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied, but don't forget what I have done for you. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his apprentice. So, I noticed a couple things here. I know you probably did too, but um, Elisha, I love his response because he was decisive. He wasn't wishy-washy when he heard God's call. Um, And he knew what it meant when Elijah threw his cloak over him. The cloak was kind of the garment of, of a prophet. And so by Elijah throwing the cloak over him, he knew it was like God's calling me to be a prophet. But he was a farmer. He was plowing, you know, with his oxen and 
it was probably because there was like that many oxen and he was leading and it was probably a family business. Like they owned the land, his family, that was his family business. And so him leaving all that was probably a pretty big deal. You know, I'm sure his, his parents weren't necessarily super understanding or may, it might not have been real easy or, um, but he was decisive. He didn't allow himself a plan B. I noticed this. He burned his plows and slaughtered his oxen. He basically destroyed his prior life, livelihood, identity, whatever you want to call it, so that in case this God thing didn't work out or it was hard, he couldn't go back to it. Um, that, to me, is like super, that's super faith, right? And the other thing I noticed is, is, God, is Elisha actually put God before his family in good conscience. And I think this is a really hard thing for us, especially in West Michigan. I think family is a huge value here, and for a lot of good reasons. But sometimes I think it can become almost an idol. Like our family becomes more important than something God has for us or something God's calling us to do. But I love that Elisha, he kissed his parents goodbye. So he, he loved his family, and he kissed them goodbye and honored them, but he said, I'm going with God. So I just, I see that in his story, and, and I saw it then, and I felt very clear, it was clear to me that God had spoken to me and said, come follow me into this ministry and trust me. And so I did. And just, it, it was not easy though. And as a single mom with no other source of income, no child support, no government assistance, I was leaving behind a career. I wrote a letter of resignation that following week to my sales, let go of my sales director position, gave back my company car, and decided to step into this single parent ministry stuff. And God showed up almost immediately. Like He started giving me feedback. I started writing these, these daily devotionals, and he started giving me feedback from people all around the world, like single parents that were subscribing to it in India and the Ukraine and the UK, and just saying things like, thank you so much for doing this, and you're a voice in the wilderness, and no one else is talking to us. And it was just a, a ton of like almost immediate confirmation from God. And getting to go six months after I started my ministry to be a speaker at one of the biggest single mom conferences in the country in Oklahoma. And just, just the way that God was just kind of, he just pulled the door wide open for me and said, go, I'm with you. So I just want to encourage you guys. I know like in all of us, you know, we need, we all need encouragement in this walk. And I just want to encourage you that there is greater rewards than whatever it is that we have to leave behind. Um, I want to share just, I think there's a couple more slides here, but about a month ago I came back uh, after, you know, we'd been in Wyoming about six months, and I had kind of a thank you, farewell dinner for my leadership team here in Michigan, because I was leaving, and some of them are still going to be serving and volunteering, but um, we kind of had a season together that was coming to an end, and so I wanted to, um, we had, did like a thank you dinner, but we also sat around and we had like conversation, just remembering all that God had done. And me hearing their stories, and um, I think the overwhelming theme of what they shared was that this community, the single parent support community that, that we're trying to create and, and plant in these different places, helped them believe bigger about God, and not just feel like they were disqualified and feel like their life didn't matter, but that they could actually be used by God. And several of them said, like, you know, we were sitting there watching, you know, hearing you talk about putting on this single parenting summit the first time we did it, going, I don't know how in the world we're going to pull this off. And, but God did, and he did it. And so their, their belief level was just raised up, and so was mine. And so there was a lot of encouragement there. Um, I think in the next slide, there's a picture of a, a woman named Wangai. I think I pronounced her name right. Uh, she's a single mom that we met in the UK at our last single parenting summit. And after our single parenting summit, she felt like God was calling her to go be a missionary in Africa. And so that's her and her kids leaving to go do missionary work. So that was just, again, a, a lot of confirmation for, for what God is, um, I think, the ways that he blesses our, our yeses. So just as we're, as we're kind of finishing up here, I just want to, again, speak encouragement that if, you're, if your faith life right now feels weak or God feels distant, um, maybe, maybe it's because 
there's something he's asking you to let go of or asking you to give up that you've been holding on to and not letting go of. Um, I think a lot of times when we're too comfortable or we're too attached to something that we feel like we need to be okay, we, we miss out on experiencing God. And so that, that might be something that he's calling you to do in this new year. Uh, just a couple quotes I want to share. Uh, Jim Elliott, who is one of my favorite, just famous missionaries and a martyr that I just admire his life, uh, he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I think that's one of his really well-known quotes, but um, I think it sums up what we're talking about. And his wife, Elizabeth Elliot, also shared in her book, Passion and Purity, that she says, what kind of a God is it who asks everything of us? The same God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And with this gift, how can he fail to lavish on us all that he has to give? He gives all, and he asks all. So as we're sitting here with a new year out in front of us, and kind of a clean slate or a, a fresh start, I guess, um, I want to just give you guys a few minutes to pray quietly and ask God what plans he has for you this year, or what he might be calling you into. Um, I think there's at least one of you in this room who maybe has already felt God knocking on the door going, hey, I want you to do something. And this might be just a few minutes to talk to him about that. Um, if he's asking you to give something up or leave something behind, maybe it's something that you shouldn't be doing and you are. Or maybe it's something you should be doing and you aren't. Um, if you're not sure, just, just ask yourself. Ask God what it is and he'll share it with you. Um, so let's just take a few minutes and we'll just quietly ask God in our own what he has for us and what he's asking us to let go of or leave behind for what he wants to call us into and then I'll finish with prayer Father, Lord, I just pray that you would give us courage to leave behind and follow. Lord, help us make a decisive break with anything you're asking us to let go of or leave behind. And just like Elisha, just say yes to what, you want us to what you're inviting us into, whether it's stepping into a relationship with you for the first time or accepting a new assignment that you have for us. Lord, let us be willing to suffer the cost. Give us grace as we wrestle and as we grieve what we need to let go of. And Lord, I just pray that there's someone out there today, this morning, who would just decide to let go of control and trust you for the first time today. I pray that none of us would decide that the cost of following you is too high and walk away sad. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing those words with us today, Don. Uh, we appreciate you and your perspective. Um, with that idea of sharing in mind, I'd like to invite anybody that would want to give to the Ministry of Sunrise. You can do that now. We uh, have a bucket in the back that you can put your offering in on the way out. We also have a QR code there where you can give digitally, and that's for the people online as well. There's links available. And we just invite you to do that this morning um, at your own time. But we'd like to give one last thing, um, a song of worship to God. So if you can stand with us as we close out the service this morning and uh, sing together.
So I just want to encourage you guys, go with courage and remember Jesus' promises. He says, I tell you the truth. What you leave behind for me, I will give you a hundred times in return and eternal life. So go in peace and happy new year. <laughs>